Welcome to the Mary Jane Experience. Unbiased, unabridged, and most of all, informative. From our mountaintop view here in Colorado, here's how we see the cannabis industry today. Let's look at weed. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Mary Jane Experience podcast. This day, today, May 7th is monumental for a multitude of reasons. It's my mother's 63rd birthday. She is the reason we have the Mary Jane experience. One of the reasons, one of two of the reasons. Um, Thanks, Eileen, as well. Um, But this is most importantly our 50th podcast episode. That's right. The golden episode. Number 550. (laughs) So 50 episodes, countless events, Tons of blogs, some live streams, a bunch of social media, thousands collaborations, of miles in a van. thousands of miles in a can of van, phone calls, products, trade shows. So much has happened since we started this podcast and we've learned so much. And it's weird because I feel like I know more about cannabis than I like than anybody even needs to know. And yet I also feel like I'm at the tip of the iceberg yeah. and barely have even touched Cannabis. It, it feels like that Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> quote where the hardest thing in the world is to know enough about something to think you know you're right, but not know enough to know that you're wrong. <laughs> and we're at that point. We don't know enough to know that we're wrong, but we definitely know enough to think we're right. <laughs> I don't know. I I like feel like I'm wrong about a lot of things. Well, I mean, I know that we're wrong about a lot of things, but anyway. <laughs> but we are going to attempt to share with you some of the most important things that we have learned along the way of about a year and a half of podcasting and 50 episodes and loads of other shit. We are going to dive into kind of a synopsis of of everything. Yeah. And this is right around, we'll call this about a year and a half almost to the day. Uh, we started podcasting a little bit before January 2019, and it's May 2020, so it's been about a year and a half. So we're just going to kind of dive into the facts, the cool things that happened over the last year and a half, the experiences we've had, and share basically a summation of our knowledge in this episode. So let's go ahead and kick it off, Strawberry Sequoia. Okay, so you know, do you want do you want to start with the bad or the good? <laughs> you always give them the bad first. Okay, so let's start with, yeah, let's start with the bad. What I I think some of the biggest issues and frustrations in the industry that I didn't know about before starting or some maybe I did know about but maybe not to the extent before starting this podcast. Um the obvious one is that people are still in prison for cannabis. Yep. And it's fucked up that you know i like the instagram or the meme it's like when your dispensary looks like an eye an apple store like people should be getting out of prison for cannabis and this all stemmed for us uh from our trip to south by southwest which was unfortunately canceled this year um we'll get to the the shittiness of the whole covid19 thing but we went to a talk and we've talked about it before um how to heal from the war on drugs the summation of that panel and discussion was that you can't heal until it's over and it's not over so there are still people that are locked up for mandatory minimums three strike rules that are just archaic they were racist in their creation They they weren't even just racist they were just bad for any marginalized population of human beings out there just trying to make a dollar and get by yeah. And now we have iPhone store looking dispensaries and Instagram models doing hot yoga with cannabis and all the bullshit out there. You but mean me? Still <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's still people locked up for for a plant. And, and so far, the, the best thing that we, I would say that we've figured out we can do to help besides making a big fuss about it, which you should definitely do all the time. But I think that supporting organizations that are making the big fight for this is the best thing you can do as just a general consumer. So I want to give a shout out to Drug Policy Alliance, Last Prisoner Project, Root and Rebound. Those are some of my favorite organizations where 
you know, I'm not saying like go give them all your money. Donations are probably one of the most helpful things. But even just giving them a like on social media and following them on social media is is supporting them. So I would say that for that issue, which is very huge still, that's one of the best things that you can do. Yeah. And this is one of if if you enjoy recreational cannabis or even medical cannabis in whatever state you're in, this is an issue that you need to pay attention to because these are the people that fought the good fight for us beforehand. They said, nah, weed's cool. I really enjoy it. I'm going to sell some. And now they're locked up for it. And, and they should have their own dispensaries. So clearly still a huge issue. It goes right into, you know, that equity in the industry in general is yep. still an issue. Support minority-owned businesses. Support, support local. Local and support women-owned. And, you know, some of that just takes a lot of research and figuring out who does actually own your dispensaries and who is growing your cannabis. We're going to make t-shirts, everyone against corporate cannabis. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to the uh, My Canacast, the boys up in Michigan for the everyone against t-shirt idea. But anyway. These guys are fun. So Coming at you. So those are those are big and you know banking is is still difficult in the industry the taxation is still way high so the businesses are struggling. Yeah, the barrier to entry is extremely difficult because you have to have cash in the bank. You can't get a lot of business loan, a lot of cash flow options in this regard. There's a lot of banking restrictions for cannabis businesses in general. Even ourselves, we've had some difficulty just getting credit card processing to sell t-shirts. Yeah. Because they have a pot leaf on them. Seriously. There's issues out there. The barrier to entry is still extremely high. Again, this boils down to the fact that the government will not remove cannabis from the Schedule 1 narcotics list. Motherfuckers. Just if that that (laughs) simple act happened and they regulated it in the way that they regulate, I don't know, Adderall. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd have a fluid industry. We would have those barriers broken down to allow people to get in who simply either have a, a good idea or be a good business mindset to go ahead and start something, um, that could be revolutionary down the road. So banking is a big issue. There are some pieces of legislation that have been put in for consideration. Uh, nothing's gone very far. And that brings us to our next topic fucking coronavirus so covid kind of put a damper on a lot of legislation pretty much halted um a lot of state legislation bodies even uh countrywide and worldwide so a lot of those uh legal initiatives that people were taking for a um you must expunge the record you must expunge in order to have legal cannabis b um to allow for banking and then c you know Dispensaries, both medical and recreational, were deemed essential, but they do not get any help or stimulus from the federal government because it's a, quote, Schedule One narcotic. It's but out there with deemed essential is huge, <laughs> though, is for the huge, industry. However. Like, that's a total, like, not frustration or issue. That is so cool, and that's going to prove to, I think, be a, a very historic event. Is, is industry or dispensaries being deemed essential. Mm-hmm. So COVID's definitely thrown a wrench. Like we said in our last podcast and our podcast with Lit and Lucid, it could very potentially be a great thing for legalization yeah. to stabilize the economy. We'll see how all that plays out. Only time will tell. Now, you mentioned cannabis still being a Schedule One narcotic. And I would say one of my other biggest frustrations in the cannabis world is the lack of research. Yeah. Because it's labeled as a Schedule One narcotic, we cannot have the kind of research that we deserve for this plant medicine. And that leads us to having shitty education and having companies that can just make these wild claims and everyone's like, well, we don't have enough research. So like CBD might actually cure my butt cancer, but we don't know. My favorite was going into a dispensary at one point and there was a pop up. Fuck it. I'll toss shade. Uh, A company called Escape Artists here in Colorado. Um, It was while I was training for the Power Four. Nice young marketing manager uh, for the company. Um, you know, I walk up and, and 
they're touting, oh, this is our relief bomb. It's got all the good stuff in it. And I was like, oh, does it have a transdermal compound? Does it have something that can actually get into the skin, help my muscles, things like that? They're like, well, we don't want to medically say that it's a transdermal compound, but it's deep acting. And I was like, okay, so it's bullshit. It won't get to the muscles. It, so that and means they're like, nothing. well, we, you know, we think, we believe, like, stop with the fucking bullshit. Like, we, it, it's not helping our industry to cash grab and make label claims that are unfounded in research. And it comes back to the fact that the FDA and NIDA won't allow us to research it because it's a Schedule One narcotic. I think we found the root of cause of all evil here. Um, well, also, so, they're not allowed to make any claims. Like, even if they know for sure that it works, yeah. they're not allowed to say it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a two-pronged sword. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword, right? Because the people that do make label claims that are obviously bullshit, there are companies out there that want to make label claims based on, you know, uh, anecdotal, obviously not double-blind clinical research at this point, but some pretty substantially, you know, heavy uh, use case scenarios where where they're like, I think this is working because it's working for everybody that's trying it for this thing. They yeah. can't say that, so they lack the ability to market. Um, so marketing is just difficult. Marketing is difficult because we can't use Google and Facebook. And you know, Facebook and Google really should step up and be like, Yeah, you can go fuck yourself, FDA. We're gonna allow cannabis marketing and deal with it. But yeah, marketing is <clears> is another really industry, big so issue. Whatever. And it's something, you know, obviously here at the Mary Jane Experience, we kind of market ourselves, but we can't really pay for ads, especially in social media and things like that. So we really are 100% just organic traffic and following. But, you know, bigger companies or companies that marketing isn't really their strong suit or you're just making edibles and you want people to find out about them, marketing is really challenging. And... Well, here's another frustration on the backside of that is there are companies like, and I'll toss shade, CBDMD. They have hired a bunch of athletes and, and um, we'll, we'll just call them influencers to go out and make label, label claims for them. Right. Basically to say like, oh, I use this and it helps with this and I use this and it helps that. And that's just an example of how if you toss enough money at something, you can get anybody to say anything. Mm-hmm. And though they're not necessarily paying Facebook or Google for AdWords and things like they're just paying athletes to say stuff on their Instagrams and Facebooks and social media platforms that are clinically untested. And the frustration there is that like we all need to take a deep breath. (laughs) Like it's super cool that we have legal cannabis in certain places and and even just medical cannabis and others. and, And the farm bill allowed us to get hemp and we're making strides, but the people that are making, strides in the wrong ways are only going to hurt the industry in the long run so marketing is difficult because of course you know if you pay somebody enough money you can get your word out there yeah well the cbd Um, industry is particularly fuzzy and difficult because it's so cutthroat because everyone and their mother and their mother's dog (laughs) is getting in on it so a lot of frustrations but let's not bitch all night long let's have a little fun (laughs) let's talk about some of the cool things we've learned i would say so i started this video series and i'm trying to do a video every single day just a really short like two minute to three minute informative video and that's been teaching me a ton so one of the things others too I just hope so. (laughs) But, you know, I think one of the big things you hear a lot, but not a lot of people really understand is the indica versus sativa shebang. (laughs) I love how you described it as a shebang. The indica and sativa shebang. I just like throw (laughs) words wherever I want to. You know, I don't I don't care if they're the exact right vocabulary. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. I think that's but I think it's cool. Like the industry and it's still doing this. Like you walk into a dispensary and they're like, okay, do you like indica or sativa? Right. Yeah. Everyone is doing that still, even industry professionals. And it's not the worst classification. It's not like it's totally unfounded. True. But the fact is, is like some indica strains are not as sleepy and some sativa strains are more sleepy. Some indicas wake me the fuck up. Yeah. The only real difference between indica and sativa is the plant structures, the botany of them. So indicas are short and wide. Yeah. Sativa is long and skinny. But 
real realistically in your cannabis if you had the capability which we really kind of don't right now but if you were able to look at get the terpene and cannabinoid profile for each strain or cultivar that's what's going to determine the effects terpenes are super important it's like 10 to 30 percent of what you combust is it are terpenes and that's you know linalool so it might be lavender that makes you sleepy or myrcene or humulene or it's something more uplifting like pinene or limonene um, and then there's the cannabinoid profile so super high cbd but then there's thcv cbn all the other things so you know i think it's just really interesting that indica versus sativa is slowly breaking down it's not fully debunked but it's being it's debunking it's fully debunked <laughs> but the oh, fact right. of the matter is is that like a lot of indica strains naturally have the terpenes that are more calming and the cannabinoids that are more calming and a lot of sativa strains have the more uplifting terpenes and cannabinoids it's just not across the board yeah so um, I thought that was a really interesting thing to learn. I've been having a lot of fun learning just about all the different terpenes. I was happy to learn what a terpene is. Yeah. Via your videos. And um, the cool one of the cool things, too, to know is like terpenes are basically, correct me if I'm wrong, essential oils, roughly, give or take. Not specifically. Yeah, I mean, that's a really vague be. way to put it, right? So the plant secretes these oils to protect itself. Yeah. And yeah, it's basically the essential oils of cannabis. So I was thinking about this earlier, referencing one of my favorite songs, the Sticky Icky Icky, <laughs> was probably just a terpene heavy strain. Potentially. <laughs> well, every strain has terpenes. Yeah. But um, maybe maybe just like the essential oils, the things, the smells, the, the things that we use to describe like, oh, this is quality cannabis are not necessarily the THC content, but the terpene content. And that comes back to one of the things that we learned uh, that I thought was very interesting was the, the THC arms race. Like having an extremely high THC or potent strain doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get super high. Yeah. Like those those correlations that we've drawn in the past, like, oh, this is 40% THC, bro. It's like, yes. <clears throat> but it could have a complex terpene profile. It could have a complex uh, cannabinoid profile as well that would create a potentially more uplifting or higher feeling or a downer, more sedentary, quiet feeling. Um, so discovering that I think is going to be super cool. And this comes back to research. We'll dive into all those things as they come up. Yeah. So I just want to go back to that sticky icky okay. because what, I think the most sticky icky is is the like the crystally weed, right? Oh yes. And trichomes. Those are trichomes. And trichomes are so cool. So they're the little clear mushroom looking things if you take a microscope or just like looking glass up to your up to your weed. You get really but, high and look really close. <laughs> yeah. Trichomes are the are actually like the little factories on cannabis that produce all of the cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids that give cannabis its potent and unique and effective, you know, qualities. So trichomes are actually a really interesting. And one of my favorite things was learning about trichome ripeness. We oh, yeah. Talking... From Jeff the 420 Chef, yeah. one of my and, favorite episodes. And Gardner Jeff touched on it very briefly as well. Funny they're both named Jeff. What up, Jeffs? Um, Jeffs but the love I... weed. But the... <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, every Jeff I know loves weed. Same. Um, <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> what did we just discover? <laughs> In episode 50, we discover Jeff's love weed. Anyway, uh, but the But Jeffries? No, Jeffries oh, no. hate weed. <laughs> but if life hands you a Jeffries, stroke the fuzzy wall. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, but to find out about terpene, or no, sorry, trichome ripeness. Uh, so how they move from like a clear to a slightly translucent, maybe milky color onto an amber color. Uh, there is some, again, anecdotal, not double blind clinical research to suggest that trichome ripeness might have more to do with those uh, considerations we, we talk about with sativa and indica. And it has to do with the ripeness of your trichomes actually, which I think was kind of cool. 
Yeah, I'm well, so, so when, interested to see what comes out of those thoughts and sciences that people. If are you wait into. longer and longer, so when your trichomes like go all the way to amber, that's when the high CBN levels come up. Ooh, which CBN is a really interesting cannabinoid because there's not very good research on it, but everyone's like, "Oh, it's so good at making you sleepy." And what we're really learning is like as cannabis ages essentially so if you wait a long time to harvest you like have the most thc wine. but you also get the most cbn and you get more of the sedating terpenes so if you harvest before while they're still milky it's more uplifting right like jeff the 420 chef said for cooking look for the milky ones if you want uplifting look for the amber ones if you went down it's about like sort of what cannabinoids start growing and forming or yeah, well, oxidizing so thca and, and oxidizes aging properly and that yeah. brings up the entourage effect one of the coolest things that we learned oh yeah which i think was incredible to talk about you know people always tout um like oh this is the cleanest cbd or thc isolate <clears throat> and turns out you don't want the isolate if we can teach you one thing on this podcast if that you want a quality cannabis experience you want the entourage effect and what that means is full spectrum versus isolate you want all of the cannabinoids interacting with one another to give you all of the great effects that each cannabinoid potentially has and terpene and flavonoid exactly whole plant is always the best way to go whole plant so you want you know what's produced naturally in in nature naturally yeah. in nature well just think about <laughs> this way do you want part of the plant or the whole plant you want the whole plant. Come on. Nature knows what it's doing. But so the fact is, is that, you know, like CBN, for example, they say is not effective at all without THC. Yeah. And a lot of these, you know, cannabinoids act as little like guards. So they won't let the other cannabinoids in if there's no THC helping them out. Yeah. Like, sorry, THC isn't here tonight. So you can go fuck right off. And um, so it's interesting without THC. Some of the other cannabinoids don't work, and 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 that's true for other cannabinoids as well. And, yeah, and like terpenes. THCV and THCA, they need, they all need to work together like a little team. A team, a little team of cannabinoids. Teamwork makes the dream work in your a life better place. Yes, so. the entourage effect is super cool. So, and like Casey Jones said, so there's three types of, like when you look at the CBD market. Um, and you're getting a tincture full spectrum has whole plant it has everything cannabinoids terpenes flavonoids there is thc in there it is just below 0.3 percent it won't get you high but will it i think we discovered it might okay so <laughs> i okay yeah <laughs> i have a really really low tolerance i'm a tiny human being and i don't know maybe it's because my mom smoked a bunch of weed in the womb with me but i get high really easily and one milligram of thc gets me high enough that I know I'm high. It gets you high enough where you stop what you're doing, you look at me and you go, I'm high. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got this THC, or sorry, CBD tincture actually from Charlotte's Web. And Shout out to Charlotte's Web, by the way. Also, one moment for Charlotte this year. Unfortunately, yeah, she did pass silence. away. Um, she was the reason that Charlotte's Web got founded. She was a child with... Um, some pretty bad Dravitz, epilepsy. I think it's Dravitz, called when it's called, Dravitz syndrome. Uh, but some seizures. They started the company. Uh, cannabis was the only thing that actually helped, and they started a company around that called Charlotte's Web. Their products are awesome, and I. But it's also big weed now. You know, it's a bigger company. It's a bigger it's company, like but corporate. Charlotte, CBD. the the child that kind of inspired that company, unfortunately passed away this year. So. Due to COVID nineteen. Pour out a little tincture for her tonight, if you can, please. Anyway. Right. So the company that I got that tincture from, the dropper was broken. And so I just like poured a bunch in my mouth. Not really. I was just like, it's CBD, whatever. And I guess I had a big enough dose that I legitimately got high off of this CBD tincture because it was at least one milligram of THC with the amount that I ingested, I think. I mean, so well, anyways. We, we did the math and it turns out you had like 1.4% or 1.3 milligrams. 
Well, depending on like depending I, we on, didn't uh, actually yeah, measure what I poured measure, in my mouth. But you were but, like, yeah, I swigged like this much. I was like, you probably got a full dose. Anyway. So, you know, if you're trying to get high out there in a non-legal state, <laughs> just chug very expensive CBD products. You'll get full spectrum. It's only $50 to get high, but you'll get high. <laughs> so anyways, we've learned a bazillion things. We've learned a lot about our endocannabinoid systems and the receptors that make all of this possible. Oh, I just heard... Actually, I read something very interesting today. There is a company, I think it's called Corbis, if I can remember, Corbis Pharmaceuticals, but they are <clears throat> trying to work on, again, this is all synth synthesized cannabinoids. That's hard to get out. Uh, synthesized cannabinoids to address the um, endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome that we've talked about in the past with a bunch of people on this Dr. podcast. Dr. Ethan Russo really coined that one, one of my favorite episodes that we have done. Ethan Russo, my man. But it's interesting to see that um, legitimate pharmaceutical companies are now acknowledging uh, these the, the idea that the body has an endocannabinoid system. So, so real science. Named after cannabis. Named after cannabis is getting behind the idea of the effective potential of the cannabis plant and how that will play a role in proactive um, health sciences moving forward as opposed to our current system which is retroactive the idea of like just give somebody a pill ah you got your foot hurt here's some xanax um <clears throat> i don't even know if that works i think xanax is like for anxiety xanax for anxiety. here's a opioid anyway so it's it's interesting to see. So I think popular science, and we've talked about this with multiple scientists, doctors, uh, the Hippocratic Oath, when it's taken and you see something that is effective for curing human beings, be it pain, mental illness, um, a multitude of things, inflammation, um, you have to, as a doctor or a scientist, evaluate that as a legitimate option for treatment because you see the efficacy in it. And it's very, very promising to see not only pharmaceutical industry, uh, doctors, um, lawyers, across the board, pretty much everybody, acknowledging yeah. that, that this is real, it's a real thing, it can help, and there are ways that we can do it right. The only question is, are we going to be able, as a society, vote with our dollar to do it right? Yet to be seen, but... It's very, very cool. Yeah, I mean, the endocannabinoid system is fascinating because there's cannabinoid, there's receptors in everywhere in your body. So it literally affects every system. It affects, this is why medical cannabis, or any cannabis, I mean, call it medical, but is so okay, good at treating almost everything. Like, why it's like a cure-all. It's not a cure-all, but like, why it treats not. so many different symptoms from PTSD to fibromyalgia to Crohn's to arthritis. It's because there's there are endocannabinoid receptors everywhere in your body. So if you're deficient somewhere, you will notice, oh, you know, I'm getting migraines or I have this problem. And the right cannabinoids can actually cure those symptoms. I, I got to parlay this into our next segment here of favorite episodes um i gotta go with fabrizio pamplona well, fabrizio a, yes, his name, name is on the amazing <laughs> <laughs> every Who's time we say though? his name we're like fabrizio pamplona another south by southwest find exactly um can't believe that was canceled this he year. was the first person to introduce us to the idea of the cb1 and cb2 receptors of the endocannabinoid system and how his he so he's a effectively a brain doctor researcher um he discovered that you know swelling things that cause alzheimer's in the brain were reduced by these black market cannabis tinctures that people were bringing him yeah um he did a bunch of studies on lab rats again very akin to the human endocannabinoid system in terms of trying to make a determination of whether or not the science is valid or not to move into a human trial state but the there are these receptors the cb1 the cb2 receptors that when they interact with the cannabis plants and the various cannabinoids that are available in a full spectrum whole plant 
uh, cannabinoid um, tincture, smokable, what have you, um, th- those CB1, CB2 receptors trigger. They create a decrease in the swelling of the brain, which helps to solve for a lot of Alzheimer's-like symptoms. Anti-inflammatory. And That's he, what we're always touting <laughs> with cannabinoids. Yep. And he also gave us one of the funniest quotes that I've heard in the podcast. Uh, <clears throat> in order for like in order for cannabis to be dangerous in terms of the smokable level you would have to smoke 10 high cannabinoid joints a day for what was it 50 years yeah it was like 10 (laughs) joints a day high thc for 50 years before you would see like mental degradation in the brain yeah basically you'd have to be on a snoop dog plus tommy chung level diet of smoking for your whole life yeah no i loved that it was it was hilarious and it was one another one that was like what's the lethal dose of cannabis oh that's right still still to this day for as long as human beings have been ingesting cannabis which is who knows how long nobody's died unless you like choked on an edible yeah i bet there's some stat there's like three people that have done it or do you remember the screaming eagle in college was this a thing that okay so in college side tangent because we keep it fun uh in college there was a kid who used to do what's called a screaming eagle where you get to the roach end of the joint where it was so hot you couldn't smoke it anymore and he would smoke it and suck it in and inhale the roach and just swallow it oh that is (laughs) uncomfortable for me to think about and i would like to you know college students don't give a fuck about anything (laughs) they don't care about balancing their endocannabinoid systems Anyway, I just want to get high as book, and I appreciate that too. But basically, the endocannabinoid system needs to be balanced because its whole entire role is to maintain homeostasis or balance in your body. So, you know, we joke about it a lot. I'm like, I need to smoke a joint because I need to balance my endocannabinoid system. But it's true. You know, your body is craving certain cannabinoids that it does produce some naturally, but you know if it's if it's deficient then you can you can really help it out by giving yourself some full spectrum tinctures absolutely so that was one of my favorite episodes what was one of your favorite episodes we'll go we'll go through a couple of these here real quick definitely so i gotta say you know i I don't actually think it was like number one most interesting episode but i think the most personal i've got all this whole time was with dr ellen weeb with um, the cannabis and sexual pleasure and cannabis for for menstruation pain and abortion pain. And so I just, you know, I really like let all of my feelings out and like shared all with the audience. And so like that one holds a special place in my heart just because I, I let myself be really vulnerable. So, you know, that's always like something. It's difficult something to do. Yeah. We'll applaud you. And, and I think it was a good episode, too. A lot of people a lot of people responded well. I wasn't sure yeah. how people were going to respond. I remember before you were about to uh, release that episode, you're like, do I do this? Do I do that? Because you released some very personal information about yourself. And, and you're like, should we just cut that out? Do I do-? And you're like, and when you settled on, no, I'm going to leave it, I remember seeing kind of the twinkle in your eye and, and the pride that you had and the ability to say, like, no, this is important. This is important. It should be said, and and this is this is why we have a podcast in the first place, is yeah. to have the difficult conversation to destigmatize things that should be seen as basic human rights, human health. Yeah, not just medicine. cannabis. Cannabis so. isn't the only thing we need to destigmatize <laughs> these days. So, so that that was it was powerful for me to watch you release that episode. I guess. Thanks. Yeah, I mean this whole process, and I think something that's really interesting is how much I've learned about myself and how much self-growth I've gone through. You know, having to like public speak at our Women in Cannabis events and having to put myself out there as a moderator for a panel of doctors and, you know, all these things that little like introverted, shy Emily would never do. I like how you refer to yourself as Emily now instead of Strawberry. Shit, I just, (laughs) I forget when I start talking like about really personal stuff. But the no, but you do is, it a lot now. You're like, yeah, Emily this and Emily that. I do it too. Will <laughs> well, this, once will I got that, rid of that day job, really helped. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a life changer. And I think it's because I'm, I'm so, so fucking passionate about this plant and how it's changed so many lives. And every day I hear a new story about it. 
And it forces me to be like, okay, if you're going to share your story like that about how you like went through opioid withdrawal or PTSD or, or about like how you got raped and cannabis is helping you, like I have to share all as well. And that's my job. So, so I think that was just an important episode for me personally. And yeah. um, I appreciate everybody not hating me for it. <laughs> I think you only got love for that one. You were yeah. like, I don't know. Some people might not listen to us to like learn this about me. And, uh, Turns out that it was overwhelmingly positive, the yeah. response that we got, yeah, which was amazing. I fucking so love thank our followers. you to you, the <laughs> listeners, for A, listening and supporting, so and B, love. being positive about it. Yeah. Um, speaking of personal growth, and this uh, this is a very roundabout way to go about that, <clears throat> um, I got to do one of my dreams that I didn't even know was my dream. <laughs> <laughs> we got to interview G Love, who I have been listening to since. I'm going to call it like the eighth grade. Same. Pretty much whenever uh, Thicker Than Water came out and I was living in New York and I was just learning how to surf, um, I was convinced that I was going to not go to college, uh, basically become a surf bum. And between uh, G Love, Jack Johnson, and the Malloy Brothers surf films that they all worked and collaborated on together, I... That, that was the life I wanted to live. I, I ended up going to college and doing a bunch of other stuff. But we got to go interview G-Love in, at the Belly Up in Aspen where we met. So <clears throat> I didn't realize it was as cool as it was until we left. And I was like, oh, I just dapped up G-Love and we just like chatted for an hour. It was really, <laughs> really cool and really fun. Like... I'm not a star fucker in any way, shape, or form. And I don't get starstruck. I actually um, once ran into Rosario Dawson in a club and was like perturbed i was like fuck you because orlando I, bloom came into my art gallery once and i was just like a little sassafras <laughs> anyway like I, I i've never been starstruck in my life yeah. like i think that it was his personality insane. though like but he was so fucking cool. it wasn't like about <laughs> g love the the character yeah. it was like when we sat down and talked to him especially about his weed experiences i-95 like, his stories were so interesting and so heartfelt and he was just so honest and and yeah. real and cool as fuck and like i remember we walked in and you were like, like i'm a little nervous and i was like hey you just gotta remember that he's a normal ass dude who's just made some pretty cool records and and he really was and i think that's what it, what made it impactful for me because again like <clears throat> walking into it once we found out we were going to do the interview we were we were kind of excited, obviously, but it wasn't like, oh my god, we're G Love. Uh, I love G Love. Like I'm gonna ask him for an autograph. You know, it was it was like this would be super cool. This is gonna be awesome. And leaving the podcast uh, recording session that we had with him, I remember just thinking, I was like, damn, dude, that could cool as shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck. He actually like when I was a kid growing up, listening to his music and and donovan frankenreiter and jack johnson all the guys he's collaborated with i remember being like god these guys sound like cool ass dudes i like like hang out with them, smoke a joint with them like have a beer turns out that 100 percent you would want to hang out smoke a joint well and cannabis really shaped his life and his music career like he said in our interview when i started smoking weed was when i really started to get into music and I had multiple people say the same thing to me. They were like, I, I love that because I relate so much. That's when I found my creativity. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really dove into my artistic ability, whether it's music or art or anything. So Yeah. And another great quote, because uh, he was talking about how he, he's not a huge weed smoker when he's in the studio working. He's trying to you know lead a band and do his whole thing. But it's really interesting about music is that you could play a song a hundred times, a thousand times. But then when you smoke weed right before you play it, it's almost like you never played it before. You know what I mean? It becomes a whole different voyage. So anyway, that was super cool. Have you ever seen a dollar bill? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen a dollar bill on weed? (laughs) Gee, my man, you're basically just, uh, what's his face from Half-Baked? I'm dying. <laughs> John Stewart. <laughs> but I got to I got to bring up anyway. I got to shout out. I know we're getting a little long on the favorite episodes, but I have to shout out This is Jane Project because it yep. was important for me, especially as a woman to talk to another woman with, you know, who's putting herself out there for women with PTSD and trauma that are healing with cannabis and I think what they're doing is so fucking cool. And if you're not following This is Jane Project, you definitely should. We met them 
at the Women in Cannabis Conference, which is the first time we brought out our Canavan. Shout out to the Canavan. And the Canavan, you know, we kind of put it into retirement for the winter because it's so cold. We're now in the process <laughs> of Canavan. I'm calling it Canavan Reconversion. Canavan 2.0 <laughs> is coming out whenever this pandemic is over and we are allowed to travel again, which hopefully now we're thinking is July 1st Sounds or a like, little bit yep. sooner, hopefully. Beginning but of July, we're hoping. Conservatively, July 1st. So we're really excited about the Canavan. We got to do some powerful interviews at the Women in Cannabis Conference and MJ yep. BizCon. So we're really excited to take that across the country and Canada, potentially and, Mexico. And the Women of Cannabis event, I will say, kind of reinvigorated our our want to continue doing the hard side of this project because you know we built a van basically from from a sprinter shell we created a tiny home in like two and a half months so that was an that was a large undertaking we finished it on a friday night in uh new jersey (laughs) and we were in las vegas monday morning for the women of cannabis events we basically finished the van started driving in the middle of the night drove straight through casey jones would drive i would sleep then casey jones would sleep i would drive and yeah. it was like we stopped to pee and eat like some snacks yeah we stopped to sleep like once in like eastern colorado and once in like nevada for like two hours at a gas station <laughs> we're like we both just got to lie down um and, and we got to vegas and i loathe vegas all always and forever it's it's becoming more interesting now that they have legal weed and it's it's cool little scene up there on Folsom Street but the women of cannabis event reinvigorated my want to to tell the cool stories because we talked to a lot of people that aren't famous and they don't have huge Instagram followings and all that but they had awesome and amazing and inspiring stories and that was the whole point of the Canavan. So the Canavan's hitting the road on July 1st. Yeah, we're going to do pop-up events. And let us know if you want to collaborate on that. Like what we did at the Women of Cannabis Conference is like, you know, we opened the doors. We laid out a rug, some chairs, blasted some, some tunes, music. And joint. like had people. Yeah, we had a million joints and just had people hanging. And it was such a cool experience for us. But then so many people told us after the fact, like, that was a yeah. really cool like pop-up experience that yeah, like, this is you incredible. don't see every day. <laughs> and that comes to collaborations. We've met so many cool companies that we're working with now along the way. Um, I can't even name them all, but I'm going to try real quick. Uh, Tokatipity, Tokatipity, Leafwell. Um, Some podcasts that we've worked with. Like we worked with Weed and Weeding Grub, MyCannacast, um, Lit and Lucid. I like considering it's just after... Single day math. Well, every time I see it, I think of it like, because, you know, I took Spanish for like my whole life. So I always like, I'm like, me can I cast, but it's my can I cast, but it's MI. So yeah. And so I, uh, but more importantly, too, like we're going to go up to Chicago, we're going to go up to Detroit. The whole idea of the Canavan is to extend these collaborations and go really go try and not only work with the people um, in the cannabis industry that we see are, you know, ethical have real true passion or doing it for the right reasons but also like have some cool shit stories about it um and so the collaborations are going to extend we love everybody that we've worked with 1906 yeah uh, just general Kaha, overall everybody. influences like i mean we were talking about sue sisley and the people we met yeah. at, at south by southwest like fabrizio pamplona mm-hmm. leah marr shout out yeah leah marr from the weed blog um she was one of our first interviews about cannabis and parenting Aliza Sherman from Elementa, just women mm-hmm. in weed. We, the Hermetic Flower Company recently about like astrological plant cycles. Kurt Robbins mm-hmm. about terpenes and cannabinoids. I mean, yeah. the people that we have met and that are now dear friends and collaborators in this industry. It's, we're so, we're so grateful. Like, yeah. it's insane. We love you so much and that brings us to our final facet of our listeners and our followers and supporters who are constantly giving us feedback and ideas and support. You guys are awesome. We would not be able to do this without you and we appreciate it so, 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 so much. If you're listening to this podcast right now, take a deep breath, take your left or your right hand, reach it around across in front of your neck, 
give yourself a pat on the back. We love you. You are amazing people. Uh, you are a part of this movement of destigmatization and most importantly, education, allowing the world to understand plant medicine, the cannabis plant and its importance in our society moving forward. We love you very, very much. You're an important part of this podcast. And you mentioned it before, even just a like, a share, a comment for any of our collaborators, namely the root and rebounds of the world, the um, marijuana policy projects of the world, the last prisoner projects of the world. Go ahead, go like them. Just just follow along, be a part of that conversation because it helps. Yeah, and talk You really about can change it. of life with, with a like and a share. It's the power of social media. It's a part of our society we live in. Um, and just be a part of the conversation. Ask questions. Always ask questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. I stand by that story. Ask a question because we ask questions what the fuck is a terpene? <laughs> and I now know. we know what a terpene I is. I ask it like six <laughs> times. I'm still not sure. Like I fully have the right explanation that I want. I ask every question like 25 times. So yeah. also feel free to ask as much. Feel but free also to act like a five-year-old. Talk about it. Like tell your grandma. I was just telling my grandma how weed is safer than alcohol. And she was like massively confused. But I think <laughs> I'm getting somewhere with her. <laughs> and this is how we'll change it. And the, and. Uh, we actually just did this with the Lit and Lucid podcast. And it's a way we like to end a lot of our podcast interviews. So, Strawberry Sequoia, why don't you go ahead and give us a, your one, five, and ten-year predictions in the cannabis industry from where you sit as the Instagram influencer, oh also God. a podcaster yeah. and a blogger <laughs> and a woman-owned business, a which is bad the fuck ass. Um, yeah. I love this question and I've asked so many people it and heard so many answers. I'm not even sure if my opinion is my own anymore. <laughs> We're almost like parrots now. We're just yeah, repeating like what we've heard from multiple people. All the little pieces. I guess that's of, how history goes, right? Yeah. That's how I mean, the Odyssey and the Iliad were in. It's all I just take what I like tradition. from everybody. But I think the one year is, is kind of fucked up right now because of coronavirus and I think it's it's almost Thanks, impossible <laughs> to predict the one year. I love the idea that legalization efforts would be expedited because our potential economic issues. That's probably just extremely optimistic, but but I think it would make a lot of sense. So in the one year, I mean, this time next year, I don't I don't know if uh, very much is is really going to change small changes. I'm certainly going to be a lot more knowledgeable about cannabis. So <laughs> give me a call if you got any questions within any time frame. <laughs> she said um, modestly. <laughs> five years. I would like to say that within five years, federal legalization would happen. But I'm not sure that I'm even that optimistic. I think that a lot of states will start dropping like dominoes. And I think that the first section to go is going to be the Northeast. I think we're going to see legalization in states like New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. And they're all going to kind of work together, hopefully. New Hampshire, Maine, Rhode Island, Massachusetts is already there. Mm -hmm. That's so, just a little like microcosm. They're like the EU of America. Yeah. And, and then hopefully, you know, I think there's a lot of education efforts going on. It's, it's constantly being talked about in the industry. Like we need education. We need education. So I think a lot of people are going to ramp up their education efforts, which is great. I think in 10 years, we might have finally seen federal legalization, which also means that we are going to see some real research, which to me matters a lot. And hopefully by then we have all of our prisoners that are incarcerated for cannabis crimes out. or and, we must expunge. And expunged. I would love to see that. It's hard to say with our fucked up government. But that's what I would like to see. And gosh, there's so many facets of this industry and so many things that I would like to see. But I think the main thing that's important to me is, is research and, and how it can really help people. Like what really is the right answer for PTSD? What really is the right answer for depression and for trauma? I want the research on that. I want it to be real because that's how we'll kill the stigma. Amen. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> or 
Or did I take all your answers? Because <laughs> we probably have the same opinions, but no, I, I think we have similar opinions, and I think you're right. It has to do with um, absorbing a lot of the same information because um, we interview a lot of the same people. We talk about all the same stuff. Uh, we're married, um, <laughs> so obviously we have like some similar thought processes. Um, no, I think in in one year, uh, you did touch on a good point and. I mentioned this before and it's now rehearsed so it's going to sound rehearsed but i don't care it's it's what i think uh if we just say it enough it can actually happen um i think some very disenfranchised states in the union um that were not economically viable prior to the COVID 19 crisis and economic shutdown as well as um you know the multitude multi-faceted kind of things that have happened as a result of that um Coming out of this, they have an opportunity to legalize a plant. Um, I would argue that every single state in this union has an agrarian society component to it. Um, I would argue a lot of those states that were either A, disenfranchised or um, economically um, under hardship prior to this uh, have a very large agrarian society. They also have a large potential for growing something like cannabis. And so... To open it up to states like that, to allow for tax revenue to be generated, to allow for entrepreneurial spirits to go ahead and grasp a hold of a new form of cash crop that could be taxed very heavily, could potentially lessen the burden we're going to see as a result of coronavirus. I think, I think, hopefully, there's an accountant or a consultant or a lobbyist out there that is in the state government in Alabama or Louisiana or Florida even, or North Carolina, <clears throat> and they just say, hey, real quick, I have an idea. How about we just grow some plants and we'll make a billion dollars. <laughs> Let's go ahead and create some jobs. Let's go ahead and pull ourselves out of this economic fuck show. Uh, all we have to do is plant some plants. I'd like to think that that's a reality. I don't know how honestly people are going to be able to get over the stigma and that comes to the five year. I don't even think in five years, the stigma is going to be dealt with. It's just going to persist people. You can't change people's minds and it sucks, but that's just the reality of the situation, but no election terms in five years. So I think you're right. Federal legalization will have to be taken very seriously due to, again, the potential for economic influx. Um, and then 10 years, uh, I got to go with, um, what we were talking about earlier, um, the mental health revolution. We see that with the uh, decriminalization of psilocybin and um, psychedelic therapies. So I don't know necessarily in 10 years for cannabis that we're going to see much change from, because once federal legalization happens, it's going to take another decade for us to figure our shit out. And Canada is a perfect example. California is another great example. Um, but I think that people are going to accept that mental health is a real issue and they're going to accept that plant medicines and um, the potential of plant medicines can solve for that. So that's my 10 year prediction. Um, I love that you bring up the mental health revolution because yeah. I, I didn't say that. But I think that mental health is also something that's been stigmatized for a really long time and is just finally being like, no, it's cool to go see your therapist. Yeah. Like, do that. <laughs> Fix your brain first, because that will Go help your body. Go to an ayahuasca ceremony, yeah. ceremony, like microdose some mushrooms and use cannabis mindfully. Mm -hmm. And I think the mental health revolution and potentially even a psychedelic revolution are going to be really interesting. So, Well, it's something we talked about even with the coronavirus is, is Western medicine is so hell-bent on saving and preserving the, the edifice of the human body the physical aspects of it. It's like, ah, oh, we could fix your knee. We could fix your finger. Like I've broken, oh, you know, bones. I've had over a hundred stitches. Like me go, me going to get stitches almost feels like getting an oil change in my car at this point. But <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> exactly. But for me to dive into mental issues, it, it, it's such a monumental task. That shouldn't be the way it should be looked at. Like stop trying to preserve this body we're in. Let's try to preserve the mind that's operating it first. Because I think that will have a greater impact on our physical stance. And I think that once people adopt that and look at health from a mental standpoint first, they stop stigmatizing it like, oh, you're a quack. Oh, you're. It's full spectrum, bro. 
full spectrum and yeah mind body Entourage soul effect. like you i all i i don't think you can like really necessarily prioritize one i think that what you eat affects your, yep. your mental health as well like if you're eating a bunch of cheeseburgers and steaks like you're gonna feel like shit so your mental health is gonna be bad but if you're eating at least decently well and getting some fruits Shout and vegetables out to Beyond a day. Meat for solving the global shortage in meat projects right now. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's full spectrum. Yep, you need all the cannabinoids, spectrum. all the terpenes, all the flavonoids. You also in life need the mental health, the yep. physical health, the whole shebang. So Well, and that comes back to you uh the way we like to sign it off. Do you got anything else before we get out of here? All I gotta say is more love more and more and more and more love to our followers because yeah. I don't know. It's, that's just the most important thing. That's why we keep doing it because you guys keep telling us that you love what's going on and it means the world to us. And you're, we're really not making money off of the podcast <laughs> aspect, but it's so important, you know, yeah. and it's just like keep going out there and educating all of your friends and all of your family take what we say or not even what we say whatever what anybody says but you know research get the facts and and share it and that's gonna be what helps us move forward in plant medicine is it wrong right now to be to ask like hey if you want to help us move forward check out the mary jane experience marketplace <laughs> 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 All right, I'm not going to cheapen it like that, but we do have the marketplace coming up. We have got a bunch of events. We've got a bunch of uh, we're, we're doing cannabis trivia coming up. Uh, we're going to keep doing the virtual events as long as we can, even from the Canavan, because they've been so much fun to get everybody together from all over the place. Um, yeah, so I those love are gonna the continue. virtuals. Like we were doing these local events and those are really fun because it's just fun to like smoke with all your friends in public. Um, but what we didn't expect is doing virtual events was gave us the chance to do smoke sessions with people all over the, all over the country yeah. and world. And I think we're, we might never stop doing that. No, that, I don't think we're going to stop. <laughs> just like virtual smoke sessions once a yeah. month. Like, so just keep an eye out for up. those because they're super fun. And, and, it, and, it, and again, it, if we can do cannabis trivia live streamed on YouTube, I think we can destigmatize cannabis at least to like – half of a person at least somebody who was on the fence might be like okay this seems kind of fun these people seem overly happy just playing trivia and smoking weed so but anyway. we've taken up so much of your valuable time thank you so much for joining us for episode 50 motherfuckers the big five oh the yeah golden episode of the we're Mary proud Jane of ourselves <laughs> You're I'm, probably I'm, like 50. Who cares? And we're like, oh my God, we did it. Like these guys are on 50. <laughs> takes a Joe lot Rogan's more work like than you think. 1,300 some shit. Well, <clears throat> you know what? We take pride oh, in everything that we do and we go we go hard in, in the paint. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you can't even get a sports reference out. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I think of go hard in the paint, I don't think of sports references. I think of taint and then I think of butt <laughs> stuff. And it's like really confusing for me. So it makes me laugh. And don't go hard in the taint. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to be punching assholes. That's a bad way to, to, to broach that subject. No maturity level. You must message the asshole. Anyway. Anyways, we love you so much. <clears throat> Have a lovely, lovely, lovely evening, day, month, year. This podcast is coming out on the full moon, which is like so cool because the full moon means a lot to us. We got married on a full moon and now it's our my mom's 50th birthday episode. On the full moon. Mom's birthday on the full moon. 50th episode. This it's is going to be a great moon. full moon. I'm going to make some full moon wait, wait, wait. water. We're, we're launching the 50th episode about a flower product on the flower moon. Oh, shit. You know, <laughs> so the universe provides, motherfuckers. Like, it's, I'm serious. Like, I know I like to curse a lot, but I'm very spiritual. And, like, I'm when fucking these things spiritual, line bro. up, I am fucking <laughs> spiritual. And <laughs> I'm a spiritual gangster, bitch. Um, I'm not even like that great. Facts. I just, I want to be, but anyways, like when that kind of shit lines up, you're like, wow, we're doing it right. So yep. thank you all for being here with us. Thanks for doing it right with us. And we can't wait to do more of this. We have exactly one minute. I think we should just talk for one minute to make it a full hour. Well, what should we do for the next 50 <coughs> episodes? Ooh, well, the next 50 episodes, we're going to be canavan in it the fuck up it's gonna be 50 canavan episodes for sure yeah we might we might do 50 episodes like in the next couple months <laughs> i know that, we, you guys are gonna have to listen to a lot of our bullshit now but yeah well hopefully everybody will be commuting by then which we found out we tried to release two podcasts a week and it turned out 
nobody listened to him when there was too much. I mean, people were listening. It was just like, I think people were a little overwhelmed. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So. I don't know. And today's episode is brought to you by us, the Mary Jane Experience. If you're still listening after 59 minutes and 48 seconds, uh, we're launching the Mary Jane Experience Marketplace tomorrow on May 8th. We're going to have highly curated things in that marketplace. We're just going to have swag too. Cool shit from the Mary Jane Experience we've literally found from all over the world. So just check it out if you like what we do and you want to help support us and continue this adventure into the cannabis industry. Go ahead, check out the Mary Jane Experience Marketplace at maryjaneexperience.com backslash marketplace. Just go get some cool shit like a flower bong or a crystal pipe for your mom. Happy Mother's Day, by the way, everybody. We appreciate you. there's that. Mothers love flowers. (laughs) Cannabis flowers. I love flowers, too. Anyways, peace out, potheads. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I am Strawberry Sequoia. I am Casey Jones. This is the Mary Jane Experience Podcast. You guys are the fucking shit.